If you look around, there are so many ways to make a difference. At Capella University, our FlexPath format gives you a different way to earn your degree. Take courses at your speed. Move on whenever you're ready. Education should fit your life. Learn more at capella.edu. The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All hit Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Worldwide toll-free, 1-800-610-7035. Email exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On MSN Messenger, exxonradiotv at hotmail.com. And our website, www.exxonradiotv.com. My guest this first hour is... Um, Bruce Rosen, and we're going to be talking to Bruce about his book, If You Ever Need Me, I Won't Be Far Away. And just a little bit about Bruce, he's an investment officer at a major financial firm by day, and by night is an award-winning writer. He has been featured in such venues as the San Francisco Chronicle, the Baseball Hall of Fame, and on the BBC with his slice-of-life pieces titled Diary of a Creative Banker. The father of two sons, he lives in San Francisco, California, and joining me now to talk about If You Ever Need Me, I Won't Be Far Away, is Bruce Rosen. And Bruce, welcome to the X-Zone, sir. Thank you. Very nice to be here, Rob. Bruce, tell us a little bit about your book and the the events that led to you writing it. Um, I think the most uh, momentous event that led to writing the book, uh, If You Ever Need Me, I Won't Be Far Away, was a separation from my wife, mm-hmm. a wife um, that I was very close with, and we continue to be very deep friends and really um, spiritually connected and soulmates, even though the contract isn't uh, eventually came to an end. And, um, and uh, well, we're still a very close family, and we all get together when the boys are in town. Um, and so that separation led to an existential moment, uh, sort of a dark night of the soul, if you will, mm-hmm. where I'm sitting alone in, a, in an apartment um, for the first time, really being alone since being a college student, and um, uh, recognizing that uh, I want to make the most of this time, not knowing whether we would get back together or, you know, or whether we will or we won't, but, and how long this uh, period would be. Um, and I wanted to make the most of this time, and I wanted to write the book that I knew I would one day write in my life. And, um, and, uh, I, and so I made use of that time and, and began the writing of this book shortly after that separation. It took about three and a half years uh, to write the book. And as I say, I knew I would one day write a book in my life. Uh, the shape and form of the book is different than what I w- might have imagined, but that right. was the immediate situation that led to the writing of the book. 
grief is something that everyone goes through in their life, whether it's like yourself losing uh, somebody that you had been with for so long, whether it's changing a job, whether it's the loss of a parent. Do you think that the way that people handle grief differently is is what gets them past that, that emotional loss at that time? I think there are different ways that we, res- we, can, we, we respond to grief. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly, I, you know, as I describe in the book, um, there's a period of, of, of time and certainly a period of mourning when you're, when you're numb. And I think that, that, that God or the Great Spirit, if you will, mm-hmm. you know, gives us only so much, as and the cliche is true, it gives us as much as we can handle mm-hmm. and, and we can handle you know, only, you know, only so much emotion. And so I think we become not numb, but, but slightly paralyzed, sort of in a way that, that um, uh, when your tooth is numb, when you go to the dentist and the Novocaine eventually starts to wear off. So over a period of time, that numbness wears off and you begin to let, you know, we begin to let feelings in and emerge from that grief over time. And, um, and you know, and of course, if a person is, uh, any person that we've lost that's important to us um, is, a, is a painful experience. Sure. And the deeper that, that relationship is, I think uh, the, the more numbness there is in the beginning and the, and the longer, uh, you know, it takes probably a lifetime of that, of that sort of numbness wearing off and opening up to our feelings, opening up to our memories. Bruce, I've got to take a commercial break. Please stand by. Bruce Rosen is our special guest, Exxon Nation. He's the author of If You Ever Need Me, I Won't Be Far Away, www.almarosepublishing.com. We'll be back. Take a step back in time and discover old Florida cuisine at Marsh Landing Restaurant in Felsmere. Enjoy delicacies such as frog legs, gator tail, catfish, and swamp cabbage, or enjoy the more traditional cuisine like hand-cut Angus steaks, ribs, and seafood. Join us for breakfast with a southern flair featuring sweet potato pancakes, biscuits and gravy, and much more. Planning a party? Marsh Landing's private dining room can accommodate groups from 8 to 80 people. While you're visiting, enjoy the historic pictures, artifacts, and stories that line the walls. Marsh Landing is truly a unique experience. Marsh Landing Restaurant, 44 North Broadway in historic Felsmere, or visit marshlandingrestaurant.com. Marsh Landing, old Florida cuisine at its best. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. Are you 
interested in the paranormal, ghosts, UFOs, or psychic phenomenon? Join me, Tim Bartley, co-host of Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, coming mid-January 2017 to the XZBN. We will channel spirits live and talk to them, revealing all kinds of amazing information. Spiritual attachments will be found and removed on the show, and so much more. To find out when you can listen to Talking to Spirits with Lightworkers Tim and Justina, visit www.xzbn.net for listeners on both sides of the veil. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell. Worldwide toll free one eight hundred six ten seven zero three five. Email Exxon at exxonradiotv.com on MSN Messenger exxonradiotv at hotmail.com and our website www.exxonradiotv.com. Bruce F. Rosen is my special guest. We're talking about Bruce's book. If you ever need me, I won't be. Far away, and Bruce's website is www.almarosepublishing.com. Sorry, I had to cut you off there, Bruce. Uh, the commercial oh, no uh, ha- is a hard fixed, and I just can't. I just can't go by it. So, let's let's just do a little bit of a recap. That that everyone deals with grief in a different way, and the closer the relationship, the harder the grief is. That, that's true, and I and as I was saying, I think um, we we can handle. We're given only so much by the Great Spirit as we can handle, and the numbness uh, occurs uh, that allows us to deal with that kind of grief, and mm-hmm. that numbness wears off over time, like Novocaine in the dentist's office. And as it wears off, we become more in touch with our feelings, yeah. our memories, the pain, the joy. And I think eventually, you know, as as you, you'll see in this book, eventually the joy takes over, and the memories and the, the feelings and the the positive. And all of the the great moments of being alive and the the, the part of oneself that is tied to the life of the person that you you miss um, and their effect on you uh, becomes greater and greater. And we begin to forget, we begin to to release ourselves into the greater, greater um, uh, uh, universe and um, and merge with with, with the energy and the... And the life and the memories of those that we that we miss, and we take them into ourselves, and we become bigger and more of who we are. And eventually, uh, we pass that on to to those when we pass on, as well. And and uh, ultimately, it's about you know grief, mm-hmm. uh, overcoming grief. Eventually, can lead to to to, to joy. Yeah, I, I remember the words to a song that go. Um, they say that time will heal the sorrow. I guess I'll wait until until tomorrow to see if I'll depend on time to heal these aching wounds of mine. How beautiful! Yeah, and it, certainly that's the case in the, mm-hmm. in, the in, in the writing of this book. Um, I think in a lot of ways it was cathartic, but in other ways it was it was allowing the memories to be to to, to become. Um, a bigger part of of who I am, and to just just become the uh, incorporate the the people and the and that I've missed, mm-hmm. not only my mom but others as well. Bruce, uh, comparing your book to uh, Eat, Pray, Love, you call yourself a tour guide a tour guide on this journey of, and this is a quote: "What it means to be alive." Can you elaborate on that? 
Yeah, so I, I would. <clears throat> we're all human beings, mm-hmm. and we all go through um, highs and lows. And and while we experience our our highs and lows, and our our journeys and our travels are all unique to each of us. Um, there are there are a lot of similarities, and I think that um, that in in writing this book, there's certainly many uh, journeys that I've taken. Uh, journeys of the soul and journeys of uh, the spirit and journeys of life and experiences and there's been love there's been loss there's been grief there's been overcoming uh you know there are many many themes uh, overcoming a uh forgiving not but not forgetting a a, a, an abusive father uh the the deep love for a mother and her effect on me uh the the parenting of, of young men and learning how to let go the, sep- the separation and, and severance of a of a deep marriage, um, the uh, journeys and travels and experiences to Costa Rica when I was uh, on a merchant marine ship, or uh, travel hopping freight trains when I was 16 across the United States, wow. um, uh, hitchhiking and hopping freights, losing uh, in, a, in a very tragic way a couple of friends um, uh, during very formative years in, in my life in the late teens in my late teens. I mean, many experiences, many themes uh, occur in this book. And so I, I, tr- I write about it as, uh, I lived it as consciously as I could. <clears throat> I try to, <clears throat> excuse me, I, uh, there are many memories uh, that are, are attached to, to these that I, that I, I bring into my life. <clears throat> and, um, and there are the scents, the sounds, the fragrances, the moments, the places, and I think in being as truthful and honest uh, uh, and, uh, as I can and trying to see, it, see the, 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 trying to be as true as I can to the present person that I am, I become as true as I can to the person I was. And I think the reader will experience these, these feelings and these emotions in their own deepest ways and reflect upon their own journeys. And I ask a lot of questions, philosophical questions about <clears throat> why things happen the way they do and, 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 and what, whether there's a certain amount of fate involved mm-hmm. or determinism and what our choices are and how, what are the limitations to our choices. So I, I ask a lot of questions uh, about life, and, and perhaps I'm asking a lot of questions for other people uh, to ask themselves as they re-experience their own lives and their own journeys uh, as they take the journey of, of my book. So, so in a way, I'm, I'm on a journey. I'm describing the journey. The, the writing of the book was a journey, but I'm describing the whole journey that I experienced and many, many different experiences. And, and I think that uh, in that sense, I'm a tour guide. I, I'm bringing people on a tour of, of, uh, in, in the deepest possible way of my experiences, and hopefully they will encounter themselves, trust themselves, look at themselves, perhaps, open themselves up to to different ways of seeing their own experience. Exonation Bruce Rosen is my special guest this hour. He's the author of If You Ever Need Me, I Won't Be Far Away. And his website is www.almarosepublishing.com. Bruce, you say your book is about joy, the memory of joy, the joy we carry with us. Why is that? Um, there's an article. Let me refer you to perhaps an article um, that I wrote. And shortly after writing this book, I was asked to write an article for um, 
and then I'll summarize, I'll, sure. I'll go into a little deeper. But I was asked to write an article for Personal Excellence Magazine, an international uh, magazine. And uh, they'd read the book and they were taken with it. And they wanted me to summarize, if I could, for, in an article for them, um, what was the, uh, one of the key themes. So mm-hmm. as sort of a companion piece to that book, uh, almost a sort of um, a, you know, a primer, if you will, I wrote a piece for uh, personal excellence called uh, um, Finding Joy Amid Life's Lessons. And I broke it down into, uh, into six different messages that I, that I, I sort of um, extrapolate from the book. And, no, and, and I'll go into it a little deeper after this, but number one, I said, let joy in. Ultimately, happiness isn't a goal to be met. Happiness finds you if you let it in. You can't obtain it like a mere material possession or find it in any external object. It washes over you when you recognize that you're doing the best you can to live an honest life and make wise choices when you allow yourself to love yourself. That's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, give and receive gracefully. You may not know where the next job or opportunity will come from, but when you let go of your own control of the situation, when you stop trying to manipulate everything in your power, it somehow arrives just in time. Everything is always just in time. Number three, repent, learn, let go of regret and guilt, and move on. Uh, just uh, clearly life is hard, and you must experience the consequences of your actions. Often we do not choose well and regret the effects of these actions. Perhaps an affair wreaked havoc on a marriage, or uh, and all of this has parties suffering. There's regret and guilt over the action that, that, that did the damage. You now recognize that you should have held yourself to a higher standard. All of this. But mm-hmm. communicate until the magic takes over and, and the joy returns. If the marriage can't be saved, if the bro- broken promise has caused it to end, then move on and learn. And basically the message is we're an imperfect being with an, in, with an eternal soul. There's much to learn. But if you dwell on, 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 on guilt and regret, it makes you ill. It prevents you from living fully. It, it prevents you from letting joy in. Let, realize that we're, we're limited, that we're, that we're imperfect, that we're human, that we're mortal. We do the best we can and we move on. Um, number four, do what you love, even in small ways, in any way possible. And I talk about music in this book as being magical. Music allows us to experience joy in its deepest ways. Music ties us to who we are and our, and our, and our feelings and our emotions. There are so many ways to, uh, the, without spending a, a nickel, to just turn on the music that we love and allow ourselves to, to go to uh, go back in time. Or it may be uh, a sports, a sporting event. Um, you're in Canada, and I, actually I was born in Canada, and I started playing ice hockey at a young age. And, I understand that, yeah. And you were, off, uh, you were and born in Toronto. California, yeah. um, you know, at a young age, but continued playing hockey. And I, I still love hockey, and every time I, I go to a hockey game or watch one on TV or whatever, I, you know, it's great joy for me. Um, so sports, whatever we love to do uh, or watch, allow us ourselves to do it. Number five, laugh more. You're a child when you're young, but you're also a child when you're in your 20s and 30s, 70s and 80s and beyond, and your inner child wants to laugh. <clears throat> and then the final one I talk about here is let go of your cares and worries. Yeah. You know, we take our cares and worries seriously, but you also need to take yourself lightly enough to be kind and gentle enough with yourself to let them go. So these are some of the um, themes and, uh, about finding joy that occur in the book. And ultimately, the book is about um, joy, the joy, we, uh, the, the joy we can discover, the joy that is our birthright, the joy that, that is, is available to us. It's part of 
being alive in this universe. And we can cut, we can recover that. We can rediscover it. Um, and these six steps are certainly will help you. But um, ultimately, the decision is yours if you want to be if you want to have a life filled with joy or not. Pardon me. I said ultimately, the decision to have a life full of joy is yours and yours alone. Exactly, and there are many things that yeah. that get in the way of it. I mean, you know, there's the stress of the day. There's the obligations and as our children get older and our parents get older and mm-hmm. we want to take care of our parents if they need help we, you know if we can we want to help our children our siblings every, we have lots of responsibilities there's the traffic noise the yeah. you know, incessant uh, emails and text messages that get in the way but you're right ultimately it's our choice yeah. and we have the ability to overcome our stresses and really experience joy Bruce, stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation. Bruce F. Rosen is our special guest. He's the author of If You Ever Need Me, I Won't Be Far Away, and his website is www.almarosepublishing.com. We'll be back after the news. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the X-Zone Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7-365. Welcome back, everyone. Before we get back to our guest of this hour, Bruce Rosen, uh, I'm going to be the Master of Ceremonies at the Body, Soul, Spirit Expo this Oh, next week. Next weekend, yeah, the 25th to the 27th at the International Center in Toronto, Ontario. It's at 6900 Mississauga Road. And um, we're going to be there for two days. We're going to be handing out digital copies of the X Chronicles newspaper, uh, some of our most remembered interviews, uh, videos. All you have to do is drop by our booth and say, can we please get a copy of the digital uh, DVD that you guys are handing out? It's that simple. And we're looking forward to meeting a lot of our members of the XO Nation who are coming all the way from, uh, we've got emails from people who are coming as far as Georgia, Georgia to come up to this event to see us and to spend some time with Chandler Armstrong and the other people of the Body, Soul, Spirit Expo. So once again, I look forward to meeting each and every one of you. Drop by our booth and say hi. And if you'd like more information, www.bodysoulspiritexpo.com. 
Bruce Rosen is my guest for this hour, Exonation. We're talking about Bruce's book, If You Ever Need Me, I Won't Be Far Away. And the website is www.almarosepublishing.com. Uh, Bruce, uh, I understand to help your family, uh, to help support your family, your psychic mother read for celebrities like Marlon Brando and helped rich people and poor people alike. Now, how did her advice help you and others in their lives? Oh, she was <clears throat> she was amazing, and um, she helped many, many, many people. Um, she discovered her gift at a very, very young age, mm-hmm. uh, and <clears throat> excuse me, sure. <clears throat> she discovered her gift at a very, very young age, and. Uh, I don't know if I, you know, I'll try to answer the question. It's so easy to go back and tell you how she, how her, her gift developed and all of that, and that's a whole story in itself. But um, yes, indeed, she was she was deeply psychic, but not. But, um, she read teacups. She um, she uh, read for the very poor and indigent that couldn't afford a reading, and she read for the very rich and famous, including Marlon Brando. Mm-hmm. There's a a fun little vignette I'll I'll tell you about with Marlon Brando, and then I'll I'll, I'll answer the question. Sure. I, I had come home from um, from college uh, uh, in California, in Santa Barbara, California, where I was uh, studying philosophy at UC Santa Barbara when I, in my late uh, in my early twenties, and it was it was winter break, and I drove home, you know, ninety minutes up up the coast, mm-hmm. that was where I, Santa Barbara was, and and uh, I came home and I immediately went out with some friends. We were we had some beers and met up with my old friends and. And uh, I came home a little bit around eleven thirty, twelve that night. My mom was on the phone. I hadn't seen her in a, you know in a month or two, and uh, she was in this deep, deeply involved in this conversation on the phone. And and uh, she didn't ignore me. She just waved at me and smiled, but then went immediately back to the conversation and very, very engrossed. And she was chuckling and laughing. And clearly, the conversation was was coming to an you know concluding. And 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 but when I want to talk to her, she pushed me away with her hand. I can't talk to you now. So. Um, maybe 10, 15 minutes later, the, con- the conversation ended, and I said, Mom, you know, what, what's up? I mean, that was obviously a, an important conversation. Are <laughs> you certainly having fun on it? And she said, well, I just got off the phone with Marlon Brando. And I said, Marlon Brando, really? And she said, yeah, I've been re- reading uh, Marlon Brando for some time now. He's been to the house, and I had been out to his place, but mainly our readings are taking place over the phone. <clears throat> He's having... Uh, there's a woman that he's that he likes, and um, and he's not not having an easy time with it. And he said, and she told me, but he just asked me out on a date. And I said, are you kidding? She said, no, Marlon Brando asked me out on a date. And I said, well, what did you tell her? What are you going to do? And she just laughed it off and said, no. Yeah, my mom at this point was my father had left and she was divorced. And she said, of course I'm not going to do that. I'm definitely not going to do that, you know. I'm not going to go out with Marlon Brando and keep it in, in, you know, keep it professional. And that was just a that was a little vignette. There were wow. many other uh, big stars and celebrities and cases that she solved and helped solve. But as it relates particularly to me, mm-hmm. um, I, an incredible moment occurred. Um, when uh, when I was in also when I was in college, um, I was actually in graduate school. I already moved to San Francisco. My mom lived in Southern California in the in the uh, desert area, so it was sort of high desert, just north of Los Angeles. And at this point in my life, I really wanted to to meet somebody. I wanted to 
I was ready to fall in love. I, I, I it wasn't happening. I, I, I felt like it was maybe it was around the corner, but I it, and I was dating people, and I just really wanted to settle down, and I, I felt the time was right, and I wanted to meet that special person. So we she we go out in the back uh, patio on a beautiful early summer day, beautiful blue skies. She had a, a, a house with a view of the the mountains, and it was lovely. And um, um, <clears throat> she sits. We sit down in the um, backyard and she gives me a tea leaf reading and her normal um, uh, process of doing that the was to uh, drink the tea put the cup uh, down twirl it three times and make a wish and so it's what she would tell me or everybody every time there was a reading twirl it three times and make a wish and I made that wish that wish she she took the cup she would proceed to hit the cup against her palm knocking out tea leaves and whatever leaves would uh, remain would be the images and visions and symbols that that she would see and she said to me Bruce I know you don't need to tell me uh, your I see it so clearly your wish is to fall in love and your wish is to be in love and to to meet the person and she said it's going to happen very in the in the very 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 soon she said and she pointed at the cup she said look there are hearts and there are cupids everywhere. I said, she, and she pointed them out to me in the, in the leaves. Mm-hmm. And, and I saw them. And she says, I'm going to tell you, you're not going to be able to find this person, she said to me. She is going to find you. There's, she said, she'll find you, and you just may as well not try, because it's going to happen. It'll happen sometime soon. I can't give you a date, but it's coming. And and just let go because it's, it's going to find you. I said, okay. And I said, please describe her for me. I said, I said, what does she look like? She said, she'll have light complexion and, and blue or green eyes and she'll have blondish hair. And her father, she proceeded to tell me her father would be very quiet and intelligent, but her father would, would take to you very night, very well. And eventually would really grow to love you. And, um, and she said, the girl is different than you, different kind of mind, very scientific mind. Uh, she, my mom, she said that she's every bit as intelligent as you, which was a big compliment to the girl because my mom always thought I was, you know, right. this, you know her brilliant son. So I said, <clears throat> wow, okay, okay. Um, I said, mom, can you give me a name? Does a name come to you? And she, she, she po- points out in the cup the name, and she shows me clearly. She points out the name Sue, and this is in the book, this story, uh, S-U-E. I said, okay, well, I'm dating a girl named Suzanne, but I don't think I'm in love with her, and she's dark-complected. She says, no, that's not her. You haven't met her yet. Her name is Sue, and I can tell you that, and this is what she looks like, and that's it. I can't dwell on it anymore, and that was the, and she put the cup down and asked me if I had any other questions. I said maybe a couple other little details, but that was it. So a couple of days, so during the course of this, uh, re, uh, when I had come down to Southern to LA to see my mom, I had moved to San Francisco with a good friend of mine that was a, um, a musician. <coughs> Excuse me. And um, he, um, we had shared the same telephone. He was a grad student in music. He wanted to develop his music business, so he went ahead and and uh, kept the same kept the phone line that we had had for himself and installed a new one for me with a different phone number that I hadn't used yet. So a couple of days later, I go back up to San Francisco 
uh, I get home mid-afternoon. I'm hanging out, you know, getting ready to, to go get something to eat down, you know, on the street. Hate Street, by the way, just mm-hmm. above Hate Street in San Francisco. And um, uh, I'm talking to my friend, and, 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 my, and the new phone rings. And this is the first call I'd ever answered on this new phone. And there's a call from this very lovely, sweet-sounding young lady asking for her, if Jamie is there. One second. I said, there's no Jamie here. I don't know a Jamie. <clears throat> but this sounds long distance. You've got the wrong number, but I said, this sounds long distance, and you sound very lovely, and you sound quite sweet. And she chuckled and laughed, and, and, uh, I, and, I, and we, we talked a bit. I asked where she was from. She was from... Denver, Colorado, and we continued to talk, and, and she didn't want to get off the phone, and I didn't want to get off the phone. There was this connection, and um, <laughs> horse, um, okay. and so there was this great, there was this nice connection. Neither of us wanted to, uh, to get off the phone, and I asked her her name, and she told me her name was Sue. Now, I must say, did I think this was the Sue? Absolutely not. I wasn't about to think, okay, I just met the one. But did I think this was an incredible coincidence? Absolutely. So we continued to talk. She sent me, I asked to send, uh, she sent me her picture and with a, a very lovely note. And I sent her a picture. It wasn't the greatest picture. It was taken one of those little, you know, phone booths, those little booths at the time. It was not the greatest picture. Mm-hmm. And I took her, I sent, I put it, uh, I sent her a note. And she, and, and when I looked at her picture, it was this picture that had been taken in a garden in Florence, Italy. I looked at her face. I looked at her. I looked into her eyes in the picture. And I absolutely knew instantly that this is the person that I would one day marry. I knew it. Um, the letters that we wrote to each other are in this book, you know, those first letters and, um, after we had met on the phone. And indeed, her name was Sue. Indeed, she had light hair. Indeed, she had blue eyes. Indeed, she was a, 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 from a scientific background. Wow. Indeed, her father grew to love me. Um, and indeed, we have, we have two lovely uh, creative talented young men uh, as a result of this. And uh, that certainly, uh, I mean, I'd always believed in my, in, in, that my mom's abilities, and she told me many things before, but when that happened and she hit it with the name Sue and everything else, it was like, okay, well, this is, uh, this is um, you know, there's just no way to ever doubt anything. anything I guess not. I, I guess not. Do you, do you believe in fate? I, I do. I do. I, I believe that, um, that sometimes that we have lots of choices. Mm-hmm. I've spent a lot of time trying to you know, reconcile fate with free will, and I, I try to do so in, the, in this book. But um, we have choices, and um, we can make choices. And oftentimes I think the best, the best choices are going to lead us to our, our destiny or our fate. And the, right. and the, and, and the, and the lesser choices or the poorer cho- choices perhaps um, take us away from, what, from our potential and make it mm-hmm. require much more time to reach it. Ultimately, though, we have choice. And we may not 
achieve what we want to achieve in this life if we don't make the right choices. But ultimately, I think one can say, well, we were fated to make the wrong choices. Yeah. We were fated to make, make the right choices. I do believe in fate. I believe there are certain situations where we think we have choice, but the choice seems, but the other choices just simply seem irrelevant. And, and, the, and, the one, and there's one clear choice, and we should take it. One of the things that my mom did was help people make those choices to see where the, the poor choices would lead and where the good choices would lead, perhaps help people reach their fate. So she was kind of a, um, a tugboat a tugboat captain on the, on the river of, of fate, guiding people? Uh, yes, yes, she was. And she was also uh, uh, she, just her energy. Mm. People wanted to be around her because they just felt like they were... They, they were, they felt more healthy. He, they, they felt that they, you know, that that, that they were he, that they were healing, yeah. not necessarily healed, but healing. Whenever time, whenever they were around her, and uh, really amazing, um, amazing person. Certainly sounds like an amazing lady. You and I have to take our final break, my new friend. Please stand by, mm-hmm. Bruce. Bruce F. Rosen is my guest this hour, Exo Nation. He's the author of "If You Ever Need Me." I won't be far away. His website is www.almarosepublishing.com. That's www.almarosepublishing.com. The Exxon is a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction, and fiction, nine times out of ten, is reality. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from the studios of Relmar McConnell Media Company in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. You might be listening to us on the Talkstar Radio Network, Exxon Broadcast Network, UK High Definition Radio, Euro High Definition Radio, Star Cable, or any of our affiliates worldwide. I'll be back on the other side of this break with Bruce Rosen as we continue here in the Exxon. Don't go away. This is the Exxon Broadcast Network, broadcasting worldwide on broadcast affiliates and satellite program providers, including CNN Broadcast Network, Sirius Satellite Network, Star Media, Good News Radio Network, Angel Broadcast Network, Wiki Broadcast Network, and WPBN-TV. For more information on the X-Zone Broadcast Network, visit us at www.xzbn.net. Hi, I'm Larry Lawson, host of Paranormal Stakeout. With over 36 years in law enforcement, I have learned a few things. The most important is the proper gathering and preservation of evidence is vital to putting the bad guy behind bars. It's no different in the world of paranormal investigation, whether it's the search for the afterlife, cryptozoology, UFOs, and extraterrestrials. How we gather the evidence, preserve that evidence, and present it to a jury of our peers will make the ultimate difference in proving the existence of worlds and entities that are beyond our imagination. Join me, Larry Lawson, every week on Paranormal Stakeout when, along with my guests, we'll take a journey to prove with indisputable evidence what man has struggled to believe for centuries. Go to xzbn.net for the broadcast schedule and check me out at paranormalstakeout.com.
true healing must address four levels, physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual, for us to live joyful and productive lives. We tend to treat three of the four, leaving the spiritual languishing. If you're tired of the same dysfunctional patterns cropping up in your life, soul balancing is for you. Trixie Phelps, owner and founder of Soul Balancing, is a naturally gifted energy healer trained in numerous esoteric forms, including shamanism. Trixie has created a powerful modality that safely and effectively clears your energetic field. A soul balancing session can remove interference, heal trauma, and restore your hope. Contact Trixie for a life-changing long-distance session today, www.soulbalancing.world. one 800 610 Bruce Rosen is my guest this hour. He's the author of If You Ever Need Me, I Won't Be Far Away. Bruce, it's been great having you with us this hour. We're going to have you have to have you back on because we still have so much to talk about. But I'd like to I'd like to ask you this question, Bruce. You went through a painful breakup after twenty five years of marriage. What mm-hmm. advice do you have for others struggling with separation? My advice would be to communicate, to give it every possibility um, to come back together, to try to heal the wounds, Mm -hmm. to try to heal oneself, to recognize that you can't be the medicine for the other person and they can't be your medicine either, but um, to be within yourself and to recognize that perhaps things happen for a reason, that we are imperfect, we sometimes make imperfect choices, and sometimes those imperfect choices are also meant to be. Mm. And that we must do all we can to give it everything we've got, but to recognize when we have done that, and that it just can't seem to come back in the same way, or in the same place, or in the shape, or in the same form, and that we're no longer standing in the same places that we were previously Mm -hmm. and to be able to, as I say in that piece on joy, let go, let go of regret and move on and recognize that there's a lot more in store, but also to recognize that we shouldn't do that and move on until we've given it all we can give it our, our, but recognize when we have given it all we can. Bruce, we've got about 40 seconds left. What message would you like to leave with the Exxon nation tonight? I would say that the joy is our birthright as human beings on this planet. Mm-hmm. It's there for us. And despite all of the obstacles uh, out there, uh, don't let the obstacles become what life's about. Learn that we can overcome those obstacles and find joy within ourselves. Joy in, in, in learn to laugh, learn, learn to do the things we love to do. And don't be afraid to don't don't if you you know if you're a guy don't don't feel that you're, you have to be so strong that you can't let other people into your life other friends share your feelings um uh, there's a, there's i wish we had more time but uh there's a moment in the book where i'm where i'm um swimming across uh i almost drown i'm swimming uh, to an island in the middle of the colorado river and i i reach out my friend is on, had already made it to the island that we were all trying to swim to, and I said, please, I can't make it. I can't make it. Had I tried to press on and make it, I might not have made it. And this friend and my brother swam at their 
fastest and came out and helped me make it to the shore. And so I think that's a metaphor. Bruce, I hate to do this, but we have to say so long for now. We'll have you back on in the very near future. Take care of yourself, Bruce. ExoNation Bruce Rosen has been my guest. www.almarosepublishing.com We'll be back after the news at six and a half minutes past the hour. Don't go away.